Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Kelly S., that's with an E-Y, and I am Recovered Compulsive Overeater. So today is Friday, July 27th, 2018. We're reading from the big book, and we are on page 87. We're going to start there at the bottom of the paragraph that says, as we go through the day, we pause, and we're going to read through two paragraphs, ending on page 88, on the short paragraph that says, it works, it really does, and we're going to comment on both of those. So today's readers, for the 12 steps, Lori W., for the 12 traditions, Nancy N., and the readers of our text today will be Deborah E., Mara Z., and Mary B. The reference numbers for Thursday, yesterday, July 26, 2018, are 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 11704, 11704, and for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 11705. So our OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I will now ask Lori W. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for your service. This is Lori W., a recovering compulsive overeater in Atlanta, Georgia, and these are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, we admitted that we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, 
having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much for allowing me to do service for our community. And I pass. Well, thank you, Lori W. And next up, I have Tammy N. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Tammy. Good morning. Um, okay, so here's the 12 uh, Traditions. This is Tammy N., compulsive overeater from Indiana. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, purpose there is the what? one God, one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. Six, an OA, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never to be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, or film, television, and other public media communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Tammy N. So here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, you press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, you let us know by saying pass, then you're gonna press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today we are on, well, we're in the big book as usual, and we are on page 87 there at the bottom of the page. Um, and it says, as we go through the day we pause, we're gonna read through to the top of 88 to two paragraphs, the short one that says, short but powerful one that says, it works, it really does. And then we will be commenting on both of those paragraphs. And I'm going to have Deborah E. get us started. So good morning, Deborah. Are you there? 
Good morning. Yes, I am. This is Deborah E. Recovered hey. in North Carolina. Thank you for your service this morning. Uh, as we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show, humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, thy will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily, for we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It works. It really does. Oh, goodness, yes. It does work. <laughs> it really does. Um, this is such a powerful paragraph to me. Um, it's such a relief to know today. I don't know why I thought I really needed to run the world um, when I was, you know, actively in my disease. And um, having a power greater than myself that I know is real and that I know I, he truly is bigger than me um, makes it so comforting and so such a relief to be able to say, thy will be done, and know that his will is best. Um, you know, it really does cause me to be much less fearful, angry, worried, uh, and all the other things that our book names. Uh, my challenge is always um, remembering to pause, to pause when I'm agitated or doubtful. Um, because, I mean, my brain works very quick. And when something happens, my brain wants to react immediately to it, good or bad. And um, so my my default is to go to that. You know, just to, to instantly draw a conclusion and be ready to act on it, be ready to solve it, be ready to advise, be able to direct. <laughs> and, and that's not what I'm called to do today. You know, um, my way is often wrong, and it certainly got me, you know, where, where I ended up, uh, which was not a good place before I came into the room. So um, I'm so grateful today for these steps and for this direction particularly that God caused me to come to him with everything in my life, not just my food addiction, not just my compulsive overeating, but in every area of life. He reminds me that he's concerned for my welfare and that he knows best. So um, with that, I'll pass, and thank you for letting me be of service today. Kelly, are you there? Oh, sorry. I was muted. I'm not taking names for that paragraph. <laughs> Marie J. Katie G. from Boston. Mary K. Hang on, hang on. Who, did I, who, who was it that said from Maryland? Amy G. That's what I thought, Amy. Liz okay. R. Nancy P. Okay, Kim we're going to stop there. We're going to have to stop there. Stop, stop, stop. Because 
I've got plenty for right now. <laughs> and if I miss you, we'll come back to you. So here's what I have, um, if I can read my writing. So I have Mary J, Matt M, Amy G, Katie G, Larry K, Liz, I don't have your initial, Nessa R, and Kim G. So uh, if I miss you, we'll get you next time, hopefully. So please star one to mute so we can have a nice, quiet meeting. Um, and so next we will have Mary J followed by Matt M. All right, Mary, you're up. Hi, Kelly. It's Marie, oh, Marie. J from uh, oh, sorry, Colorado. Hi, Hi recovered in Colorado. Thanks. Um, I, uh, I get calls a lot from people who are relaxed or struggling in a lot of outreach. And the question is always, how do you do it? How do you maintain abstinence? How do you main maintain your recovery? And this to me is the paragraph for sustained recovery. This is it. I pause when I'm agitated or doubtful. I just shut my mouth. You know, when I get myself in a situation where I get agitated or doubtful, I get resentful, I get triggered, whatever it is, I shut my mouth, I get out of the room, I write it down, I ask for help, I ask for right thought, right action. And I have to just constantly remind myself that I want to be in control. I want to feel ease and comfort in my life. And that's me in control. And that's my self-will. That's self-reliance. And that's what gets me in trouble. And that's what leads to relapse. And I have to give that to God. I have to constantly be be asking, what is your will for me? How do I surrender these things that get me riled up? How do I pause? How do I get into that pause and not have this powerful need for being in control and making someone do something or maintaining this illusion that I need to control life or 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 life is just going to be too hard. And so my disease convinces me that I need to be right and I need to be in control and I need to make things happen. And that's my disease. And so if I can pause and if I can give that to God and if I ask all day long, how do I do your will, God? What is your will for me? How do I operate in this instant, in this situation? Then I can't believe when I got to this point in my recovery, and I'm not perfect at it ever. You know, if I'm surrendered 50% of the time, 50% of the day, I am so thrilled that I have 50% of surrender. And but what happens is I stop burning up time, I stop burning up energy living under this illusion that I have to be in control of everything. And so all day long, I'm just saying that I will be done. You know, I woke up this morning, I rolled over and I had anxiety. Oh, we got stuff to do and we're on vacation for God's sake, you know, but I still wake up with a little bit of that nervous energy and anxiety about what do I have to fix, manage and control today? And immediately I just say my prayers and do my first, second and third step and say, God, Thy will be done. There's nothing that I have to do and there's nothing I have to worry about or be anxious about. I just need to be in constant surrender. Show me how you would have me be and what you would have me do today. And, and it works. It really does. So thanks. I passed. Perfect timing. Thank you so much, Marie J. Next up, Matt M. followed by Amy G. Good morning, Matt. 
Thank you, Kelly, for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Madam and the Pulse over here in New Jersey. And I'm grateful to be on the meeting this morning. I feel a little off today, which is why I'm grateful to share in this um, uh, 11-step promises, you know, because I do pray every day, even though sometimes I struggle to connect with what I'm praying to. Um, but I do it sometimes uh, for the sake of habit because I need to get connected to my higher power of my own understanding. Um, I know I have one. I know there is a dime that's not me. And um, I have been agitated and doubtful, and that's when I take a, a moment to myself and say a little prayer, like, you know, please help me through these feelings, God. Um, I know I feel a little restless, irritable, and discontented because I put the food down. So that's one of the reasons why I know I have a little ear. My irritability level is up. My patience is down. And I know that's one of the reasons, because I'm not using my um, my go-to substance anymore, the food, to make myself feel better, to numb myself out, so these feelings don't matter. And uh, I'm grateful that today I, I have something I'm doing today. I'm looking to looking forward to it. Partially, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm going back to the same place I was before that I don't really want to go back to. My day program it is a challenge, but, you know, it's something I have to do. And um, so I'm kind of of two minds about it. So I'm trying to, like, have the positive side of it, going into it, seeing people I haven't seen in a while, um, after in the last three or four months. And I'm grateful that I do have a, a standing there. But at the same time, like I said, I want to move upward, not not a lateral move. And uh, that's why I pray and meditate, because I need to be on equal footing for myself and, and set up on the right path so I don't go and use food to anesthetize myself later on today when I get home. So that's one of the reasons why I come on the meeting every day, because I need that kind of like dose of uh, uh, antibiotics. That's what I call this meeting. It helps keep me safe and sane. And I need to do it every morning. That's why I'm on every morning. And I'm grateful the meeting is here. And thank you for being here, everybody. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you for your share, Matt M. Next up, Amy G., followed by Katie G. Good morning, Amy. Hi, Kelly. This is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Can you hear me okay? I can. Thanks. Great. Wow, um, I just had to laugh for one second when you said about read your writing because I know sometimes you can write so fast when people give their names I can't read my own writing, so I just had to giggle with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways, you know, powerful, powerful paragraph in the sense that, you know, it says why do we eat when we go to the doctor's opinion because we get restless, irritable, and discontent. And then what do we do? The food comes to call. I mean, I don't know about you, but speaking from my own experience. And this whole idea of the pause, I've heard it called in meetings the supernatural pause, and I get such a kick out of that in the sense that, yes, it is a supernatural pause because God's the only one that can relieve me of my character defects. I've learned that in steps six and seven, and I've also become aware of what those character defects are, like some of them that are mentioned here, excitement, fear, anger, worry. I could add impulsiveness, you know, compulsiveness, obsessiveness, but how is it that I pause? You know, God doesn't do that for me. God doesn't just strike me sane. It's when I put myself on a daily basis in a position to be able to pause. And how do I do that? It's through living 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis where I am spiritually fit. Because remember, our recovery is contingent on the daily maintenance of our spiritual condition. So what is my spiritual condition? Am I doing those things to stay connected to my higher power? Or am I letting self-will, my will, my wanting to control the show, (laughs) run the show with expectations and fear and worry and all those things that come with me when I try to run the show myself and let self-will run rampant? If I'm not spiritually fit, 
then that pause, in my humble opinion, is not going to happen. I have to pray to God, so to speak, and row to shore. I have to do what is necessary on a regular basis of the disciplines of prayer and meditation that Matt mentioned, of being able to slow down in my day, talking to people on the phone. I mean, this is a great use of the tools to stay spiritually connected so that, and doing my 11th step at night, all of those things, and the 10th step as needed throughout the day, all things that keep me plugged into a higher power so that when I am agitated, I can feel it for what it is, saying, oh, getting agitated here, Amy, you know, danger Will Robinson, if that kind of dated me. But, you know, here it is. This is a problem coming up. I am self-aware enough to know that there is an issue with a character defect so that I can address it and then pause before I react. That's why this program works. It gives us instructions that really do work. If I stay spiritually connected, then I have the power to pause and to change my behavior. Again, like others said, progress, not perfection, but it is an ongoing process. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Amy G., for your share. Next up, Katie G., followed by Larry K. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. Katie G., recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic in Boston. Love hearing everyone. Yeah, let's see. So we remind ourselves once in a while. No, it says we constantly remind ourselves faithfully, persistent, unchanging, regularly. So this is like not just one time during the day for me. And, um, you know, when I first was reading these, um, whatever, 10 years ago, I was like, did they mean to put in the word excitement? What is wrong with excitement? Because y'all know me. Like, I'm an excitable personality. I really am. And what I'm working on today is that excitement actually means provocation, arouse, stimulate. And I don't really need to be provoking anything anymore. And what I have found is that excitement for me can be just as dangerous as fear, anger, worry, self-pity. It's like, let me go outward. Let me get my, you know, stimulation from creating chaos, from controlling, from from being this high, <clears throat> KDG from Boston, here I am. And then I crash and burn, right? And the problem with crashing and burning on any character defect or on anything is what eating is going to be a step up. The other thing I'm discovering is that as you all are teaching me, I need to tether myself to God, right? God is as close as the breath. And if I'm this high, elevated KDG from Boston, God can't get in. I can't hear him. And it's dangerous. And the other thing that I'm discovering about step 11, as somebody else said, is it's work. Like God's not going to bang me over the head by a two by four and make me stop. But when I have my hourly alarms that say, um, PWA, pause when agitated, confusion or serenity, KDG, am I going to choose to pause? Or am I going to say, you know what, God, I know you want me to pause, but this thing right here, this is so much more important. I really got to do this one thing. There is nothing in this world that's more important than God. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. I can pause for 30 seconds and say, God, Thy will be done. KDG, stop trying to run the show. And I've been feeling that lately, like especially it's very challenging when you're dealing with these internal, what, emotions, right? Like so I'm, I'm <clears throat> starting to feel heated because guess what? Somebody's not doing what I want. <clears throat> and guess who it is right now? Guess what? It's my husband. The poor man. God love him. He's a saint. So I start getting agitated. And am I going to go in and try and get a hit 
off of yelling at him or telling him what to do or telling him he's doing something wrong? Or am I going to go in with God? And am I going to pause when agitated? And, and when I pause when agitated, God brings me freedom. And it's a choice. Just like I have the choice, am I going to go to the food or am I going to go to God? Because that's what we're talking about right now. So what a privilege to continue to learn and grow with all of you. And with that, I pass. Kelly, are you there? I'm here now. I do have Larry K. (laughs) My listener. I don't know what's going on. Sorry. Technical difficulties. Larry K. You're up by Liz S. Next up. All right, Larry, you're up. Hey, Kelly. This is fun stuff, right? Um, You know, we're talking about surrender here. And I'll start with what surrender is not for me today. It's not failure. It's not defeat. It's not holding up the white flag and it's not weakness. For me, surrender is being able to give myself wholly to something in a flow kind of state that's intuitively spiritually attuned. That means we make choices. I have to make choices and I I listen and I, and I grow more comfortable listening to my inner voice about the direction and the flow of life. And it's about making decisions, yes, in sync with with that. So for example, you know, you might meet someone who doesn't fit your picture, but yet there's a flow and a connection with that friend or some, you know, a colleague. And surrender might mean letting go of any previous ideas I had about the perfect situation, what that person might be like. I let go more with my heart not being guarded, not always keeping my foot on the brakes. There's, there's surrender in that. Surrender can mean going with the flow as best I can and not guarding my heart or my living in fear. See, I can't surrender with my head and I can't surrender with my ego. The surrender comes from, from my heart. We deal in the language of the heart. And that's a very evolutionary process in human consciousness, making decisions that are in sync with the heart and with spiritual intuition rather than just the mind, the linear mind. And so it's about sensing where there's a connection and not forcing things. And sometimes we say no and we surrender to the no. But, you know, it, it's, it's the giving of yourself wholly to something. And that's what, even, even in Sanskrit, that's what surrender means, giving yourself wholly instead of vacillating, you know? When you say no, do you punish yourself? Do you second guess it? Sometimes surrender is simply saying no and letting it go. This program allows me sometimes to say no. I say no to food, and I let it go by the grace of God. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Larry Kay. Next up, Liz S., followed by Nessa R. Good morning, Liz. Hi, it's Liz S. Um, I love this paragraph, and I usually read it uh, in the the first person to make it to make it closer to home. And one thing it really reminds me is I'm you know if I try to do it myself, I'm in big trouble. And it takes me back to step three, where Bill makes it very clear that self run riot self is what 
runs riot and, and gets in a lot of trouble. So I'm much better off turning everything over to my higher power. And in the past couple of weeks, I've, I've really had to do that. And what I've learned a great deal is that this paragraph has taught me a lot about trust. And there are a lot of times when that, you know, thy will be done is, okay, Liz, just say it, let it go. And what I'm finding is it really does work because if I put myself into things, they don't work. It doesn't work. And when I let go and just thy will be done, take a deep breath and hold back, things go much better. And, you know, whenever I've tried to manipulate and uh, run the show and try to get things to go my way, it always gets screwed up. When I don't, I am far less excited. I am no longer that backseat driver and things run much more smoothly and I am calmer. And so I'm doing that a lot more. And I have to remember that God's will for me and God's plan for me is far better than mine. So I just have to trust that. Don't question it. Don't wonder about it. Just trust it. So trust is a big factor for me that I'm learning more and more. The more it turns out well because I've done this, the more I can trust and the more I can let go. And it is a wonderful thing to witness and to live. And I'm going to keep doing it for that reason. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Liz S., for your share. And next up, Nessa R., followed by Kim G. Good morning, Nessa. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. My name is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, I just started working uh, with someone, and um, we finished uh, the material for step two, and she was very concerned because she didn't feel connected to God. And my answer to her was, don't worry about it. At step two, you're not supposed to be connected to God. The connection to God comes um, at step 11 after we have gone through all the steps. Because in step two, we are still blocked from God by all the clutter um, that has accumulated over our lives in active addiction. Um, you know, through our, our worldly clamor, selfishness, self-centeredness, self-seeking, our defects of character, uh, harms than others, etc. And so we need to go through the steps before uh, we can um, get that connection, you know, in order to unclutter ourselves, in order to unblock ourselves. It's kind of like, you know, my garage is very cluttered and I open the door and I cannot get to the back. And just opening the door to the garage doesn't give me immediate access to the back of my garage. I gotta, I gotta clean it. I gotta take everything out and throw out the things that I don't need, put everything back in neatly, you know, so that I can create a path between the door of my garage to the back, you know, but even then that's not enough because clutter will accumulate again, you know, so I need to make sure that, that I keep that path clean and clear, you know, through regular regular maintenance and regular, um, you know, throwing away things. And it's the same thing with the steps, you know, steps one through nine 
I remove all the debris from from all the years, decades, whatever it is, of my living in action, act, active addiction, of my living on self love and riot. Um, but then, then in step ten, um, I, I step ten helps me uh, make sure that that connection remains uh, remains clear. You know, uh, and this is why I think it says here we pause when agitated or doubtful. You know, I offer, I often hear people say, you know, I have such and such problem or I'm feeling this and that way. I'm going to pray about it, and I'm like, no, don't pray about it. Pause, pause, pause. You know, agitated for me is a code word for resentful and doubtful is a code word for fearful. So pause, do a step 10, clear away any blockages that may have come on and then pray about it. You know, um, it's, it, the, the steps are in sequence for, for a reason. Um, so, you know, clear away all the wreckage of the past and the one that has accumulated since we finished working steps one through nine. I mean, that's why step 10 precedes step 11, pause. Um, do your step 10, um, clean yourself up, clean your side of the street, and then pray about it. Um, and then with that, I pass. Thank you. Perfect timing. Thank you, Nessa R. Next up is Kim G. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim J. Oh, I love this. You know, you know this pause, and this is kind of for me where step 10 11 kind of overlap and meld together. You know, the analogy I can give you is kind of like step 11 is like kind of, have, kind of having a vaccine for chickenpox, whereas step 10 is the treatment after you get chickenpox. So the more that I dig into step 11, the less disturbed I get. It's like I'm taking my spiritual temperature throughout the day. How connected am I? And I know for me this first year or so, it was so important because, you see, my natural state is anxiety. I often couldn't tell when I was disturbed. So pausing throughout the day helped me to get in touch with that anxiety. You know, I, I love the part about we're much more efficient. We do not tire so easily. Why are we, so why would we be tired? Why are we feeling inefficient? Because we're burning up energy foolishly trying to run the show. You know, I was at a meeting last night, and we talked about step three. And for me, step three being the decision, and 10 and 11 is actually when we get to implement that decision. This is when we're able to, because we're unblocked, turn our will and our life over to our higher power. And that word decision, we were talking about the, the origin of it is scissors, to, to cut away. So what have I cut away? I've cut away my old prejudices about God, about OA, about the 12 steps, about society. You know, the idea of doing the next right thing, I realized but when I did that for many years, I was just playing God, making decisions based on self about what I think should happen. You know, when I was doing 90 and 90 as a program of recovery, it was really just trying to live by self-propulsion. You know, a lot of the stuff that society tells us is directly contradictory to, to the spiritual life. You know, I'm told to practice self-care. I'm told to set boundaries. That's exactly what the big book is saying not to do. I cannot live by self-propulsion. Selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of my trouble. So any instructions I get where someone tells me to practice self-anything, I know that that's when I'm going to get into that, that crazy mind. Do I think of step three where, it's, and again, it says, even in my best moments, I'm the producer of confusion rather than harmony. Confusion is Kim running the show. Harmony is when I'm in alignment with my higher power. You know, there's, there's a saying that talks about living life as a loose, living life as a loose garment. And I think to myself, you know, when I was a size 22 and I'm trying to fit into a size 20 jeans and I'm laying on my bed and I'm zippering up my, 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 uh, my uh, zipper 
you know, with, with using pliers and then I'm standing up and as I'm walking throughout the day, God forbid I drop anything because my jeans are so tight, I can barely switch and lean over. And I just can't wait to get home to get into my sweat so I can be comfortable. Well, living by self-will, living by, by just the tools only and not working the steps is like wearing those tight jeans. When I get into this work and I get into 10-11 because I'm unblocked, I can't work step 10-11 until I get unblocked, it's like I'm back in my sweatpants and I can live life comfortably, joyfully, and peacefully. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kim G. Okay, so here's where we are. We are in the big book, page 87, bottom of it, third paragraph. As we go through the day, we pause. We read through two paragraphs ending with, it works. It really does. Who wants to share on that? Janice P.M. Julie R. Okay, hang on just a second. So I have Craig F, Janice P M, Julie R, Leia M. Who is the J? Lisa J. Lisa J, and I got you Nancy P. Okay, well, let's just stop there because that's six. We'll see how that goes. So please remute your phone, star one, so we can have a quiet meeting. I have Jan or. Craig F., Janice P. M., Julie R., Leah M., Lisa J., Nancy P. Starting off with Craig F., then Janice P. M. Good morning, Craig, from Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> Good morning, Kelly. This is Craig F. I'm going to say Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, this morning. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, thank you. Uh, this uh, This paragraph is one of those things that, you know, that, is the the instruction manual for life you know it is it is directly on point to call it the instruction manual for life and, and it but it'd be pretty easy for me to sit here and say to pretend like i i do this automatically you know like you know i had a whole lot of years i'm not going to say how many a whole lot of years of practicing living my life on, propelled by self-will, and um, you know, spiritual experience, uh, even a white light experience, doesn't necessarily turn habits around automatically. the The fact of the matter is that that it might for a day or two, but you know those those grooves that we've made, those tracks that we've laid, those habits that we've uh, that we've established will come back to us pretty quickly uh, if we're not very careful. And so what I have to do is develop new habits. And the way that I develop new habits is to be deliberate about something. You know, I, I, I have to be deliberate about prayer. And, you know, it says when agitated, we pause. Great. You know, and I have, a, I have some, some great people I talk to every day. And they call and say, I'm having this problem. And I say, have you prayed yet? And they'll go, oh, I forgot. And, you know, um, it's understandable. But you see, one of the ways we develop those new habits is by having mirrors, you know, by having people show us, you know, I, ha I need mirrors. I need my sponsor. I need my mirrors to show me how I'm doing when I see that. I need, I, I also need, um, these disciplines like, 
you know, setting that prayer alarm every two hours for me. And, and because I can be running on self-will for getting to pray, and that alarm will go off at 10, 12, 2, and 4, and it'll and when the alarm goes off, I'll think, I'm, I'm, I've done it again. I've fallen back in those old tracks. And, and so I, I get back onto my knees and turn the problem over to God. Now, as time goes on, it becomes more and more of a habit when, when agitated to stop and pray and turn it over. And, and, it, and, it's, and I, I can say I can claim perfection. No, I can claim progress in that area of my life. Thank you. And, and, and progress, not perfection, is what we claim. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you for your share, Craig S. Next up, Janice P.M., followed by Julie R. Good morning, well, th- Good morning to you, Lynn S. Thank you. Uh, my name is Janice P.M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. This particular discipline is very difficult for me. It's one of the hardest ones for me. Um, you know, I'm going through a lot of emotions at this time. I just lost my husband a week ago. And everybody's telling me what to do and how to do it. And as a compulsive overeater, you know, I don't like that because they're trying to control me, but they're trying to be helpful. And I think it's control, and I'm trying to control them. So, you know, when I first came into this program, please tie me, if you will. Um, you know, I was full of rage. I was, you know, my disease made me so angry and bitter and prideful and resentful. And, you know, I have to remember, and like was said before, you know, this is something I forget because I'm an impulsive person. Don't tell me that. I know, I know, I know. And um, this is a discipline that I have to get used to. And let me tell you, I forget to use it. I really, really do. It's a discipline to change my heart. And um, like it was said, the more I practice it, and this meeting is so perfect for me for today, to remind me, you know, because the more I do this, the more I become less less selfish. And I, when I pause, it's that real little, little space between me and my higher power. And, you know, it, it, sometimes it's that split second, and boom, right away I say, nope, nope, I know how to do it, blah, 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 don't tell me, this is it. So, you know, and I find that these selfish motives, you know, that my, my, my character defect is controlling my life, and that can't be, because there's no joy in that. There's no joy in that. And when I pray, you know, thy will be done, today I have a good chance of using it because I'm hearing it and I'm reminding and I got to do it. And that's the prayer that works. Thy will be done today because many people, you know, mean well, and I know they do, but you know, some I've been taught too that, and I'm going to use it today. Does it need to be said today? Does it need to be said by me? Why don't I just wait, keep my mouth closed, you know, uh, does it need to be said right now? Those are the things that I have to remember. Um, and with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you all. Thank you so much, Janice PM. And next up is Julie R. followed by Leah M. Good morning, Julie. 
Hi, thank you, Kelly, for your service. Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. As we go through the day, we pause. So, you know, before I was recovered, I didn't pause. I was very reactionary. If something happened at work, I went to go take care of it right away. If something was happening in the kitchen and I was in in my office at home, I would yell down the hall. There was no pausing. And that's because, you know, I, I thought I was running the show. And, you know, all that gets me is um, resentment. It gets me into fear. It gets me into control. It's one quick trip to acting out in, in a, a character defect. So, you know, fast forward to, to today, you know, or I could say yesterday. Um, we've got a lot of things going on at work. And, you know, I mean, I literally probably worked 55 hours so far, and automatically, I go through a process that I don't even know I'm doing. I stop in mid-thought. I pause, and I pray, because I reactionary, for the most part, doesn't happen, and it's only by going through the steps and living in 10, 11, and 12, which what does that mean? That means taking care of stuff as it happens and always putting my God first. So, you know, and I shared, I think yesterday or whenever I shared, that I have a bracelet and I made it for a few other people that says stop, pause, and pray. It's that simple because I do need daily reminders. But this happens automatically, and it says that in the big book. You know, my my thoughts are going to be different once I have my spiritual experience, my transformation. I'm, like Kim said, unblocked. I don't have to worry about um, trying to fix everything. And it's like, I I don't have to go make a lot of amends. Thank goodness. Because I have this now built in stop, pause, and pray. So I can check in and see, is it Julie trying to run the show? What does God want me to do? So I don't make foolish decisions as much. So therefore, I have a happy, joyous, free life most of the time. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Julie R. Next up, Leah M. followed by Lisa J. Good morning, Leah. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so grateful for this teaching and for this practice. You know, and my experience is that if I'm faithful to this practice, this practice is faithful to me. If I'm faithful uh, to pausing when agitated or doubtful, um, this practice of pausing is faithful to me. It works. It really, really does. Because the reality is that someone like me, um, my mind needs relief. And I'm either going to get that relief from the steps, uh, from prayer, from tapping into, you know, the source of God um, or food. <laughs> so, you know, what's my choice to be? Uh, that That's a reality for someone like me. My soul yearns for something, um, you know, and that, that, that void is either going to be satiated by the substances of cellophane bags and bakery boxes, which, of course, 
you know, uh, never filled that void, um, or it's going to be filled with God, which does the trick. You know, my book teaches me the spiritual life is not a theory. I have to live it, and I do have to live it, you know, because uh, the monkey may be off my back. You know, uh, I haven't engaged in compulsive overeating for a long, 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 long time, but the circus can still be in town, and it can be right under my roof, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, there's a three-ring circus all around me on a daily basis. Um, not, I'm not speaking between my ears, thank God. I'm speaking about life. Life is in session, and feelings are a trap in the spiritual life for someone like me. It's totally irrelevant how I feel. What's relevant is what I do. And so I... Um, receive emotional maturity and emotional stability over the years through this practice. I am a predictable person today. You know, um, I'm, I don't have those highs and lows because, you know, in, in, uh, prior to recovery, my life managed by me was unmanageable. But if God governs my life, and and that can occur, you know, if my thinking is elevated and if I'm reaching and seeking a spiritual vision, then feelings emanate from that and all action is born in thought. So if my thinking and my thought life is as elevated as humanly possible, you know, we're not perfect, obviously, but that's the workout that I want every day, a spiritual workout, then my feelings are going to be aligned with those thoughts. And so, therefore, I'm living on a much higher plane. I'm not living in the gutter of unpredictability and emotional instability. And I'm very, very grateful for that. And so is my family and everybody around me. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Star one, Kelly. Kelly, yes. Unmuted. All right. There you are. I'm mm-hmm. All right. Lisa, you're up. Lisa? Oops, sorry. Can you hear me? I can. Am I being heard? Yes. (laughs) Okay. You're all right. (laughs) Yay, this is Lisa J. Recovered in Michigan for this 24 hours. Thank you so much for your service. Um, So, you know, earlier, yesterday, a couple days ago, I learned that I need to ask God at the beginning of my day to direct my thinking. I need to ask God for inspiration. I should be relaxing and taking it easy, not struggling. Um, I was disappointed to learn that after I got recovered, even after all these things that I'm asking for, I may still experience this feeling of agitation or doubt. Got kind of angry about that. Um, but I might more rec- I might recognize these more easily as excitement, fear, anger, worry, feeling sorry for myself, and especially being tired. Like I would find myself so exhausted and I knew it was from emotion, not from physical activity, but I didn't have to look far to realize, okay, there I go again. I'm Here's the old Lisa, right back to trying to control people, trying to arrange life to suit myself so I could somehow avoid discomfort or pain or those uncomfortable feelings. So here I am again, burning up my energy foolishly, trying to make life suit me instead of living life on life's terms. 
So the sooner, the sooner that I stop and pause, which for me is pray and use spiritual energy, um, the sooner I know I won't be back to the food because the food was providing that sense of ease and comfort that I'm trying to get from controlling my life and takes me back to the food. So there I go. Again, I'm back to asking God. I'm, I've asked him to direct my thinking, give me inspiration, and now I'm just asking him to please, his will be done, not my will be done. Fill me with your presence. I surrender. And there again, all of a sudden, I'm rewarded with this flooding of peace in my body. And I realize that I can relax and take it easy. I don't have to struggle. And that's, you know, this whole thing just works really well together. And then there I am. I'm trusting infinite God rather than my finite self. And I'm back on the path to recovery. And I'm back to God-centeredness instead of self-centeredness. And I'm back to other-centeredness instead of self-centeredness. And the program's working. It really is working. So thank you all so much for your shares. I just um, thank you for my vitamin OA today. God bless you all. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lisa J. Next up, Nancy P. Hi, can I be heard? Yes, you can. Okay, thank you for letting me share. I am so grateful today. I, um, yeah, I have everybody, you know, I've said it before, I have these pretty big challenges in my life. And I've come to find out that I'm not alone because I've shared um, with a couple of people and, and have found that I'm not alone. So that helps. That's a gift that God gave me. And, you know, I heard on a special edition that, you know, um, spiritual experience is gained by all the small actions that I take. And um, because my way of looking at things is that I awoke, I became awake to spiritual spirituality and so all the small actions that I take combined to make a spiritual to make my spiritual experience and that is what my higher power is fashioned of and um, you know I still have life challenges in all those years um, over 40 years of never having any recovery at all and whatever approach that I ever made to getting any serenity I never if it didn't work, if I, if someone said, ask God for help, I'd say, that's ridiculous. And that's not the word that I meant. And I just want people to know that, but I would, I'll say that on the line in the interest of um, clean speaking, you know, because I wouldn't have felt better immediately. And today I can say that I've learned that that's not how it works. I don't feel better immediately. And, um, but it's like, it's like keeping, staying abstinent. I know that if I, you know, don't stick to my, you know, weighed and measured whatever I'm going to eat, even if it's like an extra, you know, cherry tomato, I'll be thinking about that. It'll own space in my brain. But if I don't do it, then I'll forget about it instantly. And so now, you know, when I ask God for help or when I pause and pray, I don't feel better right at that very second. I mean, sometimes I do, but often I don't. And, um, but yet the next day I wake up and I find that the gifts just keep coming. And I can, I'll just, I don't usually get extremely specific, but the other night I um, was dealing with this particular catastrophe, and, which is only getting worse. It's not getting better. And I was with my husband, and I've been married to the guy for 30 years, and I've known him for like 35 years, and I wanted a divorce and couldn't imagine why I married such a jerk. And um, then yesterday... 
still married to the guy because divorce isn't fast in Massachusetts. And, um, you know, I said to myself, I need help with something, with this particular thing. And um, I called my husband and I said, I was actually to get to a meeting on time. And I said, you know what? I need you to meet me, at, you know, here at um, 6 o'clock. Can you do that so that I can get to my meeting? So he knew why. And he said, yeah, I can do that. No problem. And so now I'm all happy again, looking forward to the next 30 years. And um, Time. You know, thank you. And so just one last thing. I'll say that the last gift that God gave me is a friend of mine texted me and said, will you play hooky tomorrow, meaning today, and come and visit me on Martha's Vineyard? So that's where I am. I'm on my way to the ferry. And, um, and that's what I get for not for pausing, stopping, and praying. So thank you all for being here. Well, thank you, Nancy P., and that that brings us to the close of our meeting. So thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Friday, July 27, 2018, is 11707-11707. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Mara Z please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Kelly. Yes, yes, Mara Z. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.